welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks Podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, yeah, doing fairly well. Uh, what have you been playing recently? Uh, well, i got to give credit to where credit's due. Uh, you and I are both uh, listeners to the Sacred Symbols podcast, and at mm-hmm. the very end of it, uh, Colin mentioned a game called Moonlighters. The title kind of struck me curious. He said it was 20 bucks, but that was kind of overpriced for what it was. So I looked it up on the old Xbox, and it is a uh, weird kind of hybrid game. It's half a roguelike dungeon crawler and half store manager. So the basic plot of it is is that you li- you are the descendant of one of the first stores in this town that's camped right next to a resetting dungeon. And you go into the dungeon, fight the monsters, get the loot, come back out, and then you have to sell all your stuff. But you don't just plonk it down and then it sells. You actually have to set the price, set the amount. You have to keep an eye out for thieves because every now and then a thief will come into the shop and try to nick something. Um, and he said it was 20 bucks, which was too expensive, but it was like 10 hours left on a uh, Xbox Live sale for only 650 So I'm like, score! Uh, I've been playing a lot of that. It's a really interesting game. I'm not the biggest fan of roguelikes, but I like that your your progression isn't just like, like say, something with like uh, Rogue Knight or whatever that game is to where you die and then your child gun- comes after you, but then there's like some birth line tree that you have to follow, so you just get all these kind of negative effects. Uh, there's not really that. I mean, there is upgrading and progression, but it's all with your equipment and gear. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's a fun game. I, I really like how I can kind of manage the inventory system without having to really, you know, get that much minutia into it. Uh, the only real downside is that your personal inventory for when you're in the dungeons is very, very minimal. So you have to you have to nix a lot of stuff if you want to make like deep, deep progression. So right now I'm just concentrating on uh, building up cash and you know pimping out my store. Uh, but yeah, this is a game that I could see spending a lot of time in. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I remember him mentioning that on the podcast that I haven't finished the episode. I think I've still got a bit of it left, but it was yeah. from uh, the most recent one. Uh, I'm going to look the game up myself as well because uh, I haven't. I've heard obviously from two different people yourself, yourself and Colin, uh, but I haven't seen anything of what the game actually looks like. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and look it up uh, at some point and uh, maybe check that out for myself as well. So. Yeah, I don't know if the slang term is the same in the UK as it here is here in the States. Moonlighting is when you already have a full-time job during the day, but then you take a second job at night, you know, during the light of the moon. Um, and this term comes from the fact when people would work, like, a job and that was their life and that's all they were. And they weren't really allowed to work multiple jobs. And so moonlighting was kind of done on the QT. Um, and this applies to, like, you know, sometimes police officers can get a secondary job working security at a bar or restaurant or whatever. They have to clear it with, you know, their their commanding officers and it has to go through a process. But it is allowed. It's just not all that common. And so this is kind of in the similar vein of where the slang term came from to where people were kind of working like secret nighttime jobs. Also, a very, very troubled uh, sitcom in the 80s, which gave uh, Bruce Willis his big kind of national push. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, um, it's not a phrase I hear like too much over here. Um, maybe, maybe we have something different for that for that sort of thing over here. But uh, no, I, I know what you're talking about. So, uh, any other games that you've been playing? 
Uh, I've been bouncing around a little bit of this and that. Um, I'm still working on uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Um, I'm about half through with what I think I need to get through to get the review done. Um, plant, the original Plants vs. Zombie was on a 99 cent uh, Steam sale, so I went ahead and grabbed that just to have something easy to do while I'm kind of like catching up on Twitch or catching up on something else. Uh, redownloaded Darkest Dungeon. I'm kind of plowing through that again, um, but the the micromanagement always kind of takes me away from it because it gets to the point to where your heroes are just too expensive to maintain versus the rewards you get from going out and doing stuff, and that just gets really annoying really quick. But yeah, that's about it. Cool. Uh, I've been doing some bits and pieces with Last of Us 2. Um, I actually found, speaking of outside of me playing the game, but the game itself, I found this uh, YouTube channel, which I can't remember the name of, but I'm going to look at some other videos of them later, so I'll, I'll uh, give their name next week. Um, but uh, they, they've done various different sections of the game, uh, these like 10-minute sort of sections, uh, on the survivor difficulty with no damage. And, uh, yeah, th- there was clearly some stuff, like, combat-wise I didn't even kind of, like, try. Uh, or just, uh, you know, you're in, the, you're in the midst of battle, you're, you're in the moment kind of thing, and you don't always think about, like, oh, maybe I could do this or that. It's kind of like, okay, can I shoot that person so I can survive or, you know, run away or whatever the situation is. One of the things that they, they did, which uh, for some reason I didn't think of, is I think they had a pistol or something. And they shot one of the, you know, just one of the normal enemies. I'm not going to give any you know, spoilers for enemy names or whatever. Just a just a random, you know, red shirt kind of character. Um, was playing as Ellie. They shot them in the, the leg. And then they, like, couldn't stand up because their leg was, like, all damaged and that. Um, and then they were, like, crawling backwards, like, away from Ellie. Obviously, you'd, you wouldn't want to crawl towards Ellie if she's just tried to shoot you because she wants to kill you. Um... And then uh, you could like really see the fear on the on the character's face and all that as they was crawling backwards. And then uh, the 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 player that I was watching at least at that point got the shotgun out and like blasted it in the head, which is kind of crazy and cool. But uh, yeah, you can do different things of like an execution type of thing and all that. And um, just certain ways this particular person was like navigating the levels and all that was was really really cool. They've uploaded a bunch of different videos, so I'm gonna watch some more of them later. But uh, when I when I go through with my new game plus and that sort of thing, uh, I'm gonna try and keep some some of those tactics I'm watching kind of in mind, like shooting more player characters' legs and things like that, because uh, you can do that with some of the runners as well. I don't think you can do that with a clicker. I'm not sure. I mean, there's only one way to find out, which is to shoot it in the leg and see what happens. But um, you can do that with different runners and different type of infected and that, and you can do that with the human enemies and stuff. Because um, I mean, with with every single game I play. If I have to damage an enemy in any way, shape, or form, even if it's like the bow and arrow from Horizon Zero Dawn, I will always go for the head, and that's not always the maybe the best option. But um, I did do that a lot in Last of Us Two, and I sort of got caught out or sort of punished for doing that quite a lot. Um, it's just because you know you, you go to kill an enemy, your natural instinct is to kind of aim for the head, I suppose. Uh, so that's what I, I what I ended up doing quite a lot. Uh, but I'm gonna to check what this guy's kind of doing and that with different tactics. Even certain things of like how they're crawling around in the grass. Uh, I almost said the glass. How they're crawling around in the um, in the grass and like how they're sort of doing that. It was it was a lot different to sort of like what I was doing in the game. So uh, I'm gonna watch some more of them videos and then do my uh, new game plus. Um, but uh, yeah, still very much not moved away from the game or anything. I'm still gonna go through it again, uh, try and get the platinum and and that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, people still talking about the game. Again, some people hate it, some people love it, some people are 
in between then that's all that's all completely fine um what's not fine though is i don't know if you saw the the amount of hate that laura bailey was getting for uh, her role as abby so stupid yeah just so incredibly yeah. stupid i mean you know at the end of the day she is given a job to read these lines act this particular way as a fictional character uh she's not abby she just voices abby abby's not even a real person neither as ellie or joel or any of the other characters in the game and uh it's pretty pretty disgusting and pretty pretty uh disheartening but you know at the end of the day yeah. that those that have praised her and myself as well she all, all of the voice actors and that did a really really great job in the game and um yeah i mean it's it's kind of the the the, the day and age that we live in you know yeah now if if they were if the people online were venting their frustration about the plot just to her i could accept that i wouldn't like it i really wouldn't approve of it but i could at least accept it but the fact that they're going after her personally for her just reading a script right yeah is just stupid yeah yeah so it's a it's a shame, but there's there's still you know a lot of positivity out there around the game. I tried to tag as many of the uh, I tagged like Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog and as many of the actors I could remember from the game and just you know said some said some nice things. So if you can do that, if you've got a chance to do that, go and uh, send some love to Laura Bailey on uh, on Twitter and stuff or Instagram or I don't know where, wherever else she she is. Um, I gotta figure she's got a lot of that like blocked and shut down right now until this nonsense cools I, over. I would guess so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but nonetheless, I'm looking forward to just doing more stuff with with Last of Us too. Uh, outside of that, I have been playing some more Call of Duty, of course. Uh, the season four, I can't, I don't remember saying I started it last week. I think I was in the middle of installing it last week. Yeah, I was probably in the middle of installing it. Uh, the new sniper that they've got sounds like a cannon. Um, in not not in like okay this is stupid but like you can tell okay this is a really really powerful weapon um, and uh, it's it's funny because I I remember you know when when we went through the the new stuff last week I said like oh there's this new sniper I'll see what that's like there's a new map called Cheshire Park and all that and um, mo- mo- for the most part I can recognise okay someone shooting a shotgun or a pistol or some sort of automatic weapon not like weapon specific but you know you can you can tell sometimes what type of gun is being shot and I was I was running around on one of the maps just you know doing what I usually do in the game and I heard this like big kind of thing um, and I'm like I don't recognise that sound at all that doesn't sound like any gun I'm familiar with um, and then it sort of clicked with me a, a few minutes later, I was like, "That's probably the new sniper." And then I saw someone using it, and uh, you can get these sort of like fiery rounds or something, and it's like really, really deadly. Um, what one of the ideas kind of behind the gun is, it it relies heavily on on power because everything else about it is kind of bad. Like the fire rate's not great, the reloading speed's really slow. It's quite slow to move with, but it's basically supposed to be one of these guns where like you. Perch, perch yourself up somewhere and pick people off and you rely on the power of the of the gun as opposed to the I suppose the speed of it um I haven't un- I haven't unlocked it myself I did pick up someone else's the other day and it was it was quite good but uh that has been good as well uh speaking of Cheshire Park as well which they added to the game uh there's now three maps on this call the 2019 Modern Warfare Call of Duty that are actually from uh 
England because you've got the Piccadilly one which I mentioned before which is almost a shot for shot remake of the actual Piccadilly you've got Hackney Yard I don't think Hackney Yard is a real place but Hackney is is definitely a real place uh, like the actual specific location I don't think is a real place but uh, Hackney is is certainly real and then you've got Cheshire Park which is based around some sort of like garden place in in Cheshire some sort of like warehouse garden sort of sort of place um so yeah, you've got three of them that are in there uh I've not been to I must have been to Pick Picket uh, Piccadilly at some point in my life, but I can't remember. Uh, the other two places I don't think I've been to necessarily before, but uh, that's that's pretty good as well. Um, what do you think of that? Kind yeah, of... I mean, new maps are always fun, especially when they're based in a place that you might have seen before. Mm. Uh, but like I've said before, I don't really play that game a whole lot, so outside of being yay more of what you like if you like it, I can't really just have an opinion on that. So mm-hmm. That's fair enough. Uh, I don't think they've got any locations from like other places there might be like other countries i don't know much about that, that some of the maps are based off but uh no those those are the three uk locations um so that's been pretty cool um there's actually been a lot of i don't play warzone like i've like i've said multiple times and they, they added a bunch of stuff to warzone apparently a lot of players really don't like it now uh what they've what they've done to it. i don't know the specifics and that sort of stuff but um yeah apparently they're doing another season five update soon and it's going to uh hopefully make the game a bit better but uh because a lot of the players that I do play with, they do play Warzone when I'm not on, and uh, they've basically complained about some of the stuff in the game. So uh, I I don't know the specifics of that, but uh, that's the situation. Um, so yeah, just going to be playing some uh, some more Call of Duty and stuff, doing some stuff with Last of Us Two, and um, something I wanted to bring up as well. Speaking of Last of Us Two and this Sony schedule that's that's happening. So yeah, June nineteenth, Last of Us Two. I think it was July first or second was Iron Man VR. And then July 17th is Ghost of Tsushima. It seems to me that what's what's kind of happened is Last of Us 2 obviously came out June 19th. By the end, by the time we got to the end of June, everybody had kind of played it and been talking about it. People are still obviously talking about it and that. And now the embargo, people who are going to play an embargoed version of Ghost of Tsushima are playing that at the moment. Like a lot of industry kind of people and stuff. Um... No, no one's talking about the game in the middle. Iron Man VR, and I re- it really feels like it just got because those are two big PlayStation exclusives: Ghost of Tsushima and uh, Last of Us Two. And it just kind of feels like, like I've I, I looked around on some like Iron Man reviews and stuff, and there's ones from like you know IGN and those sorts of places, but I'm barely seeing anybody talk about it uh, online. What do you think of uh, what's happened there? Yeah, it makes no sense. I actually pulled up the game on Amazon, and it's showing that the it's already out. It says July third is the release date. Yeah. yeah. Although if you if you got if you're a big VR fan and you got a little extra money, I don't know how well it'll fit. But there's an accessory you can buy on uh, Amazon called Marvel's Avengers Infinity War Hero Vision Iron Man VR Experience, and it's basically just an Iron Man helmet that you can fit your VR goggles into. To play with having an Iron Man helmet. Okay. Now I'm assuming this is just for like uh, PC VR. I don't know if it's uh, um, how well it's going to be compatible with the actual headset, but it looks cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's on sale right now for forty bucks, so mm-hmm. that that's not terrible. Yeah. What do you think of the schedule though? Like sandwiching it in between. Uh, well, games? we we've talked about this before. I mean, Sony keeps pumping out VR games, but their attach rate isn't great. I mean, last number that I had that I could confirm was 1 in 27, which is impressive. I mean, that still makes it several million units sold, but how many of those are actually still getting in use? Because when you think about it, that's got to be kind of like 
the rock band games when you think about how many millions of rock band games have been sold over the years between the different iterations and whatnot who still has the rock band instruments i mean even the guitar is which would be like not counting the microphone is going to be the smallest one you can do is still kind of you know a little bit big and a little bit clunky and then you know vr especially on ps4 you've got you know your headset and your two handles and then you have to have all the cables to charge them up and then all the cables connected to the uh, PS4, and if you don't have a whole lot of room, you might break it out like once or twice a year because the games you don't play that consistently. So it's one of those things that, I mean, it's so easy just to forget that it even exists, mm. especially with the upcoming uh, console shift. Uh, they say it's going to be backwards compatible, but we don't know how well that's going to be, and you got to figure they're making a, a VR2 at some point within yeah. the next year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, it was just it was just interesting when I saw a bunch of industry people, like press people or whatever you want to call them, uh, saying like, "Hey, we're playing Ghost of Tsushima," and I was like, "Oh, what about Iron Man?" But yeah, I suppose that's just the situation. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all the pre-talking that, that we want to do. Uh, let's get into some housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better, from books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it there's going to be laughing (laughs) killer fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts so join us today's sponsor is kualu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to kualu to get started they also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner so get started with a new website and domain name today with kualu Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. 
As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, let me bring up the website. So recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, another episode of Classic Reviews has come out today. We're halfway through Season 4, which is of course the Jim Carrey season. Uh, This is for Season 4, Episode 5, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, which I think is fair to say is probably one of his most well-known uh, roles from Jim Carrey. Uh, so so far we've had uh, the Truman Show, Liar Liar, The Mask, Batman um, Forever, where he played the, the uh, not the Joker, the Riddler, uh, of course, and that was the, that's the Val Kilmer uh, Batman film. And then this week I looked at uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. That's the first of the two films, because of course you do the first one first. So yeah, uh, but halfway through the season, there's five episodes available to listen to, and. Um, There'll be a new episode on Wednesday, but have a look out for those five episodes if you're curious about my thoughts on some Jim Carrey films. So have a look out for that as well. Uh, Man United beat um, Bournemouth 5-2 at home. Mason Greenwood scoring two just fantastic goals. It was such a joy to watch watch that game. Uh, and yes, I know Bournemouth are in the bottom three. They're not the greatest team, but... You know, when you when your team beats anybody five two, you, it's it's something to celebrate, especially when the goals were as good as they was. It was just yeah, such a such a delight. Um, and uh, Manchester United will be playing. Sorry, Manchester United will be playing against um, Aston Villa tomorrow night. So look out for the podcast on Friday to see what happens against them. Uh, hopefully, Mason Greenwood scores again. And uh, hopefully the whole team does, but whatever. Uh, but yes, that was the latest United cast episode. Speaking of Last of Us Part 2, if you want to watch me play a spoiler-free section of the game uh, and see how good or bad I am, depending on how you feel about that, you can do so. Uh, then this week's Let's Play Sundays episode, which is episode 49, is for Last of Us Part 2. So I mentioned that's episode 49. Episode 50 of Let's Play Sundays, which I can't believe I've recorded 50 episodes will be this Sunday. I am going to be doing more than one Let's Play, quite a lot more than one Let's Play video. I'm not going to say what they're going to be for, but look out for those on Sunday when the episode gets released. I'm going to prep everything else uh, for it tomorrow and schedule that for Sunday as well, but uh, look out for that. Um, We've got Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which is for the season finale, season 5, episode 15, and that pretty much wraps up the... um, Arrowverse shows for the year. None of them will be back. Uh, none of them will be back this year. Uh, Legends was the last to finish. I recently did my Black Lightning review. We finished this season of The Flash, and for obviously Arrow was a long time ago. What was the other one? Uh, Batwoman. That season finished as well. Uh, so yeah, but basically all those shows have been covered uh, this season. So if you're curious about our thoughts on any of those shows, you can look up for the CW Superheroes podcast. Um, I also did. Yeah, and there's no real confirmation that Stargirl, which is coming out in the UK fairly soon, is even technically part of the Arrowverse because we're on episode six or seven here in the states, and there's been no reference to anything Arrowverse related. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see what they do with that in the future, I suppose. I uh, did another United cast episode when we beat Brighton 3-0, so things have been going well for Manchester United. I uh, did a chat podcast catch-up episode covering April through June. I don't know why I missed three months of that podcast but i did for some reason uh but did a big catch-up episode for all of that and also talked about entertainment talks plans going forward for the summer and possibly into the october november holiday sort of season so you can look out for that as well if you want to um and yes that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's move into some news
Alright, so I have got this written down a little bit further in my notes, but I think I should do this first. Uh, got a bit of an announcement to make. Now, Robert doesn't know what this is. I did tell him I was going to make an announcement on the podcast, but he doesn't know what it's going to be for. Uh, so last year in December, The Witcher came out on Netflix, and yes, it was based on the book and not the game, but it's the same characters and etc, etc. It's still got Geralt in it and all, all that sort of stuff. Um, and that was our most successful podcast ever, um, and I'm really, really, really happy about that. Season 2 probably won't be for a while. And of course, because that is a Netflix show and it was released all at once, I did a binge-style uh, kind of coverage for that, where I watched two episodes, did a podcast, and then a podcast every two episodes so one and two then three and four then five and six and then seven and eight for the season finale so um how do i want to do this there is a fallout tv series in development from amazon and it's going to be from the westworld creators which is jonathan nolan and lisa joy by the way we covered uh westworld season two and three just to put the note out there the part of the announcement is is because amazon usually does a box set type release for the for their shows i've heard some rumblings about that might be changing the boys season two is going to be a bit different from what david said last week but if that's still the case um i'm going to do the same type of coverage that i did for the witcher for the this fallout tv series now this won't be for quite a while probably 2022 at the at the earliest um but yeah that's the announcement i wanted to make which is because i've pondered before about like okay that was really successful that was on netflix of course that's a very different type of coverage i can't do that week to week because you can't you can't spend eight weeks covering the witcher when the whole thing comes out on the on that day uh and i've been thinking ever since okay which show can i do that for next is it going to be a netflix show an amazon show it needs to be something really really popular i feel like the fallout series is popular enough for me to do this with that uh of course we have no idea the date of this or anything about it it's been given a series order so it will be going ahead from amazon uh now it depends necessarily if if let, let's say in 2022 or whatever if amazon does change the way that they release tv then obviously the podcast coverage will be different but what i'm trying to say is if it, if it's the same as the usual you know friday box set kind of release i'm going to do the same type of coverage that i did for the witcher uh so what do you think of all of this news and the situation robert yeah i was really excited for when this got announced and i'm on a couple of discord uh, channels which have been talking about that uh, by the way make sure you check out our discord on for entertainment talk yeah um and the and i think this has a really really good chance of succeeding uh for one simple rule you, if you go through all the fallout games even 76 the the universe is set up the rules are set up all the things are known but no game has ever revolved around a named character. Now you get kind of a moniker like the Soul Survivor, the Lone Wanderer, or whatever. But there's no real person like with the Witcher series, and there's Geralt, or with the Castlevania series, there's the Belmonts. Mm-hmm. So you and the different games take place in different times with lots of big gaps. So you can literally just plonk somebody down anywhere out of a vault and then run a show on it. So in terms of that, there's very, very little that they can do wrong in sense of effing with the lore and the continuity. Now, they can still do that, but they'd have to intentionally work hard to screw that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the show does eventually come out, you know, hit me up. I'm more than welcome to, po- to podcast about that. I put a ton of time into the, what I call the modern Fallout games, you know, 3, New Vegas, 4, a little bit of 76, enough to know that it's okay. It's not 
great, but I think they just, no, they released it too early, but whatever. Um, so yeah, they, they can do a lot of story. They can have a lot of characters and they can put it like near established places. Like they can put it near DC and have somebody do like a signal boost and get three dog radio in, or they can put it near Boston and then occasionally go to diamond city. Um, and so there will be some established characters, for reference, but the main protagonists can be literally anyone. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of lore that they can mess with, so there's a really good chance of it being story-based, which I don't have HBO, so I've never seen Westwood, but I understand... Westworld, rather. But I understand that it's very, very story-based, and that's a great direction for it to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, we'll see what this is like. We don't know anything about it yet, um, other than it's going to be set in the Fallout world. And yeah, you've got a fair bit of freedom with, you know, you're effectively in a wasteland or you've got the vaults or certain buildings and that. But for the most part, they're going to be in in the wastelands and stuff, just surviving. So we'll see how all that works out. Um, Yeah, again, in terms of coverage, it entirely depends how Amazon releases this. Uh, we don't know what the situation with TV is going to be in, in two or three years or however long this takes to make. What would be your guess for the year that we'd see this? Yeah, I mean even with an accelerated schedule, they don't even have a script yet. They don't have casting yet. They don't have any kind of props made yet. I mean obviously they could turn to the community like what the Mandalorian did when they needed a whole bunch of stormtroopers. They just dialed up the 501st Legion and just got like 30 people there. Just boom, already had all their stuff made. So they could really easily do that. But winter 2022 at the absolute earliest and that's that puts it on like a two and a half year production schedule like however many episodes they got to run, get the casting done, get the sets built, get the script finalized, get you know everything plotted out. Mm-hmm. Earliest, I would say. Uh, if you want to see a good example of how it can be done right, there's a not defunct but not really active YouTube channel anymore called Wayside Creations. If you just search that on YouTube, you can find it. Uh, the guy that was in charge of that channel was a budding filmmaker, and he did a lot of... Uh, fan fallout stuff and it's really good production level for it being a fan film um so and he did it kind of episodically because that was the thing back in the day and this is like i think 2014 was when he stopped making videos i think he just went to do something else because it's it was a lot of work for him but he had script written out he had actors cast who were actually sag actors um he had props he had cgi he had all that kind of stuff and but it was just set in the fallout world um, and so definitely check that out if you're curious as to what the potential could be, and then that'll help guide, you know, you know, is this something that's going to be super, super awesome or something that's super, super lame? Cause we already have a fairly decent example of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will see how this goes. Um, so that is the fallout TV series. I think Jonathan Nolan and Lisa joy, I know you haven't seen Westworld, but, uh, I feel like they could be, could be pretty good with this. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. They're not the showrunners, by the way. I think they're executive producers or something. So um, we'll see how that goes in an undetermined amount of time. Uh, going back to video games and self- themselves, uh, the voice actors, which is the phrase that I've seen given, um, have apparently completed their recording for uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. This information is from IGN, which is where I saw it and where I've written it down from. Uh, there was no other information released apart from that. Uh, some of the voice actors from the game have basically said that they've uh, finished recording their lines for the game. 
Um, I don't know what that means in terms of the, you know, the production for the rest of the game and whether or not they'll have to do, uh, I'll say reshoots or re, you know, re- redo certain things or whatnot. Maybe they've just done one kind of take for, for certain things. Maybe they will have to redo certain parts and that. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of uh, Breath of the Wild getting, or Breath of the Wild 2, sorry, uh, getting closer with its uh, production? I mean, it's not really surprising. Something that we covered on a podcast a long time ago is we told, between the uh, the physical edition and the collector's edition, at one point Breath of the Wild had sold more copies than there were units of Switch out in the wild. Obviously, the Switch has gone on to make impressive, if not meteoric, sales comparing to the ultimate flop that was the Wii U. So the fact that this game is getting a sequel is pretty much a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've gotten sequels of tons of Zelda games before, and some have been really, really good, and some have been eh, not so good. But, you know, the fact that they're making another one, not a hard decision to make. Oh, we sold 25 million copies of this game? Maybe we should make a sequel. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do that again, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see when we get some sort of... I mean, it's hard to guess when we'll get a trailer, or, or another trailer, rather, because we already got, like, a teaser thing last year. Yeah, but, maybe, um... maybe Christmas next year. Obviously not Christmas this year, but with everything going on. Um, if nothing, none of the naughtiness had happened, maybe, possibly, they could have squeezed it out. But closest I put is either midsummer next year or Christmas next year. Mm-hmm. When was the March 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was yeah. the month of yeah, Switch, Breath of the Wild, and Horizon Zero Dawn, because they were like compared and all that sort of stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's been yeah, just over three years. We don't know when they started development on the game, because uh, of course they did do DLC and and some other things like that. So uh, what would you say? It's been maybe development for for two years. If you give early 2018 a rough window, maybe yeah, possibly. So, uh, but games take time to make, of course. So uh, we'll see when Breath of the Wild 2 gets released. Uh, so I've got a um, statement here from Naughty Dog about the uh, factions multiplayer for Last of Us Part Two. I never did play the factions multiplayer for the first Last of Us, the, the when it was remastered for PS4 and all that. Um, but yeah, this is what they Naughty Dog have said. I don't think this is Neil Druckmann, it just says Naughty Dog at the bottom, so it could be, I don't know. Uh, we wanted to address multiplayer in The Last of Us Part 2. As we've stated, the single player campaign is far and away the most ambitious project Naughty Dog has ever undertaken. Likewise, as development, as development began on the evolution of our factions mode from The Last of Us Part 1, the vision of the team grew beyond an additional mode that could be included with our enormous single player campaign i mean it's like 22 hours long so yeah it's, it's pretty big uh wanting to support both visions we made the difficult choice that the last of us part two would not include online and online mode they sort of said that initially uh, however you will eventually experience the fruits of our team's online ambition but not as part of the last of us Part 2, when where it will be realised is still to be determined, but rest assured we are as big fans of factions as the rest of our community, and we are excited to share more when it is ready. It's interesting the statement in there, um, when and where is still to be determined, because of course you've got, you know, a new console on the way, and the fact that Last of Us Part 2 is available on PS4, we don't know 100% if it will work on PS5, we don't know that for sure, I know that there's been a lot of things about like, you know, the Avengers game, and Cyberpunk, and I think FIFA 21 or something, uh, is going to be, get the free upgrade for PS5, that doesn't definitely mean that Last of Us 2 will will get it, although you'd, I mean, I'd say you would assume, obviously this is a, 
uh, PlayStation is a company that struggled to change usernames. But you'd kind of assume in some way, shape or form that, okay, your recent exclusives, so let's say like, I don't know, Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part 2, certain games like that, that they would hopefully get the, the same free upgrade treatment for PS5. Because um, that's what I think that they mean by that, is like, okay, is this going to be something that's included on PS4? I think what would make sense to me is, okay, if if you have this as like a separate mode or something which also sounds like that that's maybe what they're doing if you do that you release it on ps4 and ps5 surely you'd have crossplay as well that would pretty much make sense because that's become kind of standard with uh with a lot of games uh, call of duty modern warfare has got um crossplay and things like fortnite have got them now i think rocket league has got it uh minecraft i think has maybe got that as well uh, i'm not sure about fifa itself but um yeah it, it, the whole when and where is to be determined thing i think leans a bit towards that uh but what do you think they're gonna do in terms of yeah their, their factions multiplayer and when and where that's going to be available yeah it's one of those things that you you would assume so you would expect so but you can never really guarantee it so yeah you know, the, the PS5 comes out and maybe it's not ready day one, but it comes later, but then other games are out, so maybe not as many people are playing it, and the only people going back to that are the people hunting for trophies, because I would have to assume that um, when that does come out, that it's going to change the trophy list for what con- is considered a platinum trophy. Do you get a second one for just the multiplayer? Because it was tied into the first multiplayer the first uh, Last of Us was the multiplayer was tied into that for getting a uh, platinum trophy, which I've never. I don't even think I've gotten a platinum trophy on my PS4. But to be fair, not counting the Telltale games, I think I've only got like five or six games out of the ten plus years I've been on the Xbox platform that I've hundred percent of the games. Mm-hmm. It's just not something I do unless I'm like one off and I don't have to go out of my way to get that one. Then I'll get it. Otherwise, it's just not worth my time and effort. Mm-hmm. Like I've kind of said before, I, I, I only do Platinums with, like, games I really, really care about and stuff. So, like, Spider-Man, Crash Bandicoot 2 and 3, and uh, Last of Us Part 2. Um, so, yeah, that, those are the only uh, the games that I want to get every single little piece out of. I, I tend to go for Platinums. So, yeah, we'll see how all this works out. Um, but if it, if it is released in a way that makes sense i think you release it on ps4 and ps5 um and then you do crossplay because you don't want to mess that up especially on your own network because that is all them playstation network uh, plus the fact this game isn't going to be you know on pc and xbox so um yeah you've not got anything you've not got anything to worry about in terms of like okay can we connect to like xbox live or whatever it's just it's just playstation network between two different consoles so we'll see if they can work that out um i might be interested in a factions multiplayer it really depends on what what that even is like um or you know what that kind of entails or what the missions are or i don't know it just depends so but uh we'll see what they come out with for that um moving on to another game which is very near and dear to me the crash bandicoot series of course there was a lot of talk um i think basically in between this podcast and the last one because we talked about uh, the announcement of the game and then uh some other bits and pieces for it uh there was some news that did come out that the game would have microtransactions and then um Toys for Bob, the actual developers of the game, came out and said, "Like, no, this isn't true. This, this, that there's going to be uh, no microtransactions. Mi- no microtransactions. Sorry, that's a difficult word to say um, in the game. So I think that's good to kind of clear that up. Uh, of course, that's been a big microtransactions and loot boxes and all that sort of stuff uh, have been quite controversial in recent gaming years. Star Wars Battlefront 2, notably." 
and uh, some other games as well. But um, yeah, what do you think of Toys for Bob coming out and kind of just cleaning up the you know the rumors and saying like, hey, no, we are the actual developers of this, and we're not putting those things into this game. Well, I mean, when it comes to microtransactions and in-game purchases, that's just become such a dirty thing now mm. that it's almost perfunctory that you have to come out and say we're not doing this uh, before the hate waves come in. But outside of that, I mean, if nobody knew I was developing a game, but it was a game that had a really strong fan base to, I'd want to make sure that people were knowing that I was making this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but glad that that's not in there. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff you could have done with like, cause there's literal crates in the game and you could use that in some sort of like loot box type of way which would have been kind of nasty or whatever but uh i just hope that they don't activision doesn't do what they did before which is release crash uh crash team racing nitro field um they always come out with difficult names for their their um remasters you've got crash bandicoot the insane trilogy then crash bandicoot nitro crash team racing nitro field um but uh, I hope that they don't do what they did with the Crash Team Racing remaster, which is release the game, get positive reviews for it and all that, and then like basically a couple of weeks after all the reviews and the press and stuff, add microtransactions in, because then obviously the old reviews are all out of date, because they don't include any of that sort of discussion in there, because they weren't in there at the time, so I just hope that they don't do that again, which there's a possibility for them to do, but at least at the moment, uh, Toys for Bob, the developers of the game, are saying that there's no microtransactions in the game as well. Uh, on an even more positive side of the game, um, there was a little, uh, I think it was a pirate-themed kind of level, I don't remember the exact name of the level, but uh, there was some gameplay that was released with no commentary and all the you know game's sounds and stuff. Um, I thought it looked really, really great. I think one thing that this game... Looks like it's doing better than the original trilogy is... Like, as much as I love these games and all that... At certain points in the level when you're controlling Crash... And of course you're dodging stuff, you're attacking stuff... You're jumping all over the place, you have to be accurate with all that sort of thing... Crash did, Crash's movements did feel sort of... Stiff at certain points... And sort of like... There there, there wasn't really a, like a flow to his movements... Not in the same way of like... You know how kind of Mario moves and stuff. I know Mario is a bit slower than Crash, but his movements are a little bit sort of smoother and things. They've done something to Crash in this in this fourth game to where like the jumping seems smoother, the actual running around seems better, and the the spinning and things like that. And although it might not sound like much, as I'm kind of saying it, if you look at kind of you know the the insane trilogy and and uh, some of the basic just like running and jumping and spinning. And then you look at Crash 4, it's just, it's just so much kind of smoother. I think that's one really big improvement. One thing that I'm not actually sure how I feel about it is in the original trilogy, when you when you spun a box and got a bunch of uh, Wampa fruit out of it, you had to actually go over to those fruit to pick it up. And then those fruit would add up to, once you get those to 100, so you collect 100 Wampa fruit, you get given an extra life, which is very, very important in a Crash game. Um, they've done it to where you'll spin the box... And then the Wampa Fruit will automatically go over to Crash, no matter what. And, yeah, not really not really quite sure how I feel about that. It's supposed to be to do with um, other mechanics in the game, so it won't actually give you extra lives and stuff. They're going to be doing something a little bit different with that. So that part of the game, I'm, I'm just not quite sure about that at the moment, whether I feel positively or negatively about that. I don't think it like is going to ruin the game. Um, and, and that sort of thing, but that's one thing that's been kind of added, um, they've shown a couple of times the different powers, um, because previously you had a, um, 
like a Womba Fruit Bazooka. I can't remember the exact name of it, but you could basically use that from long distance to shoot boxes and enemies from a distance and that. Um, you could have the Tornado Spin, which is basically where he... You, you know, um, Tire Tasmanian... Not Tire Tasmanian Tiger. What's the name of the... Um, Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian Devil, yeah, the, the Looney Tunes character. A little bit like that, but with obviously a certain limit. You could sort of do that and like literally glide, glide, glide across certain paths and that sort of thing and spin multiple enemies and things that was considered one of the kind of power-ups for the game uh you can also do things like slow down time in this game uh we that's with one of the new masks that you get as well so i think that's really cool so it kind of i mean it's interesting because you know with last of us one and last of us part two and last of us two sort of being an evolved version of the gameplay it's sort of weird how I know that these two games have not really got much to do with each other apart from they originally originally developed by uh, Naughty Dog. I sort of look at what Crash Bandicoot 4 is trying to do and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of also an evolved version of the of the previous three games. So uh, I'm I'm very very happy with what I saw. Uh, the animation looks great. Um as of course like I've said before that graphics isn't something that necessarily bothers me one way or the other, but they looked really good and and that sort of thing. I think for an animated kind of cartoon platformer game graphics are a little bit more important but it's still not like okay top priority kind of thing for me obviously gameplay must come first when it comes to these sorts of games but no i'm I'm really really happy with what i've seen so far so um yeah any any thoughts on anything for that yeah well i mean going to your graphics it's not so much the fidelity as it is the smoothness of it you want the yeah. graphics to flow and not look chunky or anything yeah uh but outside of that um you just have to wait kind of for the the game to come out before we can really make a judgment on it so sure sure which uh isn't too long away october 2nd or 3rd i can't remember which one i think it's october 2nd but uh not too long to wait hopefully we'll get a couple of more gameplay bits and pieces and um go from there so yeah i'm very very happy with that but that's all the news that i've got what have you got to talk about this week well, uh, sticking with Sony, it appears that they have not settled on a price for the PS5 just yet. Uh, according to a Reddit user who goes by the name USB, spelled out weird, uh, they shared a image that they took of a Nielsen survey on the PS5 subreddit. Uh, the screen reads, as mentioned in the product description, the pricing of this new product, PlayStation 5, has not yet been de- determined. Um, so the screenshot shows you, um, it shows assigned random pricing, uh, for the console for, uh, 349 pounds and for the base and 259 pounds for the, uh, digital, which puts it to 436 and 323 respectively in us dollars. Um, well, I find that survey interesting. I just, I can't see the PS5 selling for that cheap. No. Now, the Reddit user claims that after taking the Nelson surveys on TV shows and movies with a random synopsis, a show or a film with the same story is released after some months. So apparently this guy is, I'm assuming it's a guy, because in the article it refers to he, him, that uh, they've taken surveys before. Now, Digital Trends, which is the website that I'm reading it from, says that they did reach out to Sony to verify the legitimacy of the survey, but as the time of the writing, which was three days ago, they have not received any kind of response. And now on our big, big podcast with, that we did with everybody from Geek Town, we talked about the pricing. Um, I could see maybe 450 for the digital, 550 for the one with the, the disc in it. 
But I just can't see it going for that low without Sony taking like a massive, massive loss on the device itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty much the same as you. I think 500 for the main, and then 450 for the digital. Uh, you know, just the the slightly cheaper fifty dollar price tag. Um, yeah, and unless it's something like this will be a little bit of a weirder structure, but like 480 for the normal, and then like 400 for the digital. I I can't really see the 50 dropping both sides so it would be 400 for the digital and then 450 for the the normal edition standard edition i can't see the standard edition being that cheap i think the standard will be will be 500 dollars. i don't think it will be any more than that either so um yeah plus um sony and we've covered this before on other another podcast sony has already said that they're not going to make it, be making these things in very large quantities so if you're limiting the uh, total number in the market anyway, there's no real reason to have a, a price at a loss. I mean, even if you're at a break-even price after you know taxes and uh, import fees and all that other fun stuff that most people completely forget about, um, if you're intentionally limiting the market, there's no reason to limit at least breaking even on your profit margin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of them determining the price, uh, I don't think. I mean, none of us, neither of us, work for Microsoft or Sony, so we're just obviously speculating, which is what we're here to do. Um, I think they've probably they've probably got a rough idea. Obviously, they've got certain like you know Q one, two, three, four, all their all their business stuff that they've got to sort out, and obviously the you know release of their new big console has got to tie into that financially. So they've probably been guessing in some way, shape, or form of what they got to do. I'm I'm not going to say that Microsoft or Sony has got no idea of what price is going to be. They're, they're obviously probably discussing that. I would imagine on on a daily basis maybe, because um, you know this is, this is their next big new console and uh, it's vitally important to them. Uh, as much as you know, Last of Us Two really selling well and Ghost of Tsushima probably selling well and previous games probably selling well. Um, those can't uh, those can't necessarily be shifted quite in the same way possibly. But uh, yeah, when you've got your big new multi hundred dollar. Uh, console coming out you've got to sort of maybe arrange that uh, in, in a different way again this is just me just just kind of guessing obviously I've I've no idea about uh, you know the, the business of selling games or consoles necessarily because it's not what I do but um, yeah I, I think they're probably sorting it out but I don't think they've maybe come to a full kind of okay this is what the price is going to be it's it's interesting though because you know we're in we're in July now we would have had uh, E3 or, or some sort of proper more e3 we, we basically got summer games fest instead of e3 this year and then you had the, the ea play and the sony uh, reveal and, and things like that but uh i i'm guessing if we had if we'd had a normal type of e3 uh this year that they w- would have maybe said something then but do you get into august or september before your you know console that's supposed to probably come out in november it, november's always been my guess i don't think i've ever changed that um, how many months do you want to give consumers to like, okay, prepare and save up and whatever? And given you know the the, the current climate that we're in, where some people have been laid off or furloughed or whatever the situation may be, um, I mean, even something like two months is still a, a fair amount of time to save money. I suppose it depends on the on the consumer themselves. But I just kind of wonder, okay, we're in July now, we're already past the first week of July. Like, how, how much longer do you wait to potentially settle on some sort of price? Um, so we'll see. But what do you think in terms of them announcing when that's going to be? 
or what that's going to be. Yeah. I mean, if this survey had come out like in March or sometime last year, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be that big of a deal because yeah. it gives you plenty of time to shift. But let's say hypothetical, hypothetically, obviously we don't know, but let's say that it's $500, not counting any VAT or tax or whatever. At a minimum, you'd have to save $100 per week for five weeks just to cover the base of that, which puts it at a month plus. Um, obviously, with taxes, and that's what gets wonky over here in the states, is that some states have taxes, some states don't. Some counties will have taxes, some cities will have additional taxes. So the number you see on the screen is never going to be the final total on the register, and there's no way to really calculate that without knowing where you live and what taxes apply and don't apply. Um, and there's always the chance that you know taxes will go up between now and then, and that number will be different. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not really giving your consumer base a whole lot of time to save in an environment where getting money and saving money is far more difficult than it has been in, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this weirdly kind of fits in with their, and I'm using air quotes here, strategy for limited consumer saturation, when in reality, my guess is that they just can't get the parts. And that's with everybody. It's like I went online and you can't buy some consoles, uh, not consoles, uh, controllers, um, because they can't get the parts in to assemble them. Uh, the, the Elite Series and Elite Series 2 on Xbox are not available for generic purchase because they don't have the parts in to make them. Obviously, with Elite Series 2 coming out, they kind of quit making the first series. But yeah, you go on like Amazon or some site like that, and you can't just straight up buy it. It's a wait-and-see approach. See if they'll get it in stock, and then hopefully your timing is right on that. Same with the Nintendo Switch. I haven't seen a Switch on the store shelves, like the full one, not the the uh, um, the mini that not really everybody buys. I haven't seen a right. Switch on the shelf in like two, three months. Yeah, yeah. I think in terms of them announcing the price, I mean, yes, one is probably waiting for the other to announce who that's going to be first. I don't know, but one of you has to say something first. I forget. It's, did uh... I send you that meme, or am I, did I just post it and somebody commented on it? Somebody sent me a really funny meme, and it said, uh, Microsoft, we're not uh, announcing our price. PlayStation, we're not annou- announcing our price. Microsoft, okay then. PlayStation, okay then. And then it cuts to a picture of a guy just pouting in a chair. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of you know Microsoft and Sony, what one of you has to say something first. I mean, they're not going to call each other and go like, "Hey, on June, so not June, on July tenth at one p.m., let's both tweet our, <laughs> our prices at the same time." That's not going to happen. Um, I mean, you, you'll probably have a situation where one announces their price and then they go, "Oh, uh, Xbox said their price," and then the next day Sony goes, "Hey, ours is this, ours is this, this price," but. Again, in order for that to happen, one of you has to speak first. So uh, it's just a it's just a cat and mouse situation, I suppose. So uh, we shall see. But uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, you talked about E3, and this week, uh, coincidentally, we got a slew of announcements for online shows. Uh, the first up is actually coming up this Sunday, July twelfth, is the Ubisoft Forward live stream event. Uh, the pre-show goes live at. Uh, um, 11:30 Pacific time, which you know LA, which makes it 2:30 New York time Eastern, which makes it 8:30 p.m. Uh, your time CEST, and then the main show will go live a half hour after that. What do you say? 11:30 p.m. 11:30 a.m. Pacific okay. time. That would be which is two... 
thirty. Seven thirty uh, your time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Ubisoft released a blog post on it. The games that will be discussed officially confirmed on the blog post is the long-awaited AI Squadmates update for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, a deep dive into what they call the Division 2 Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just Dance 2020 news. Um, currently unclear, but previously announced titles Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Siege Quarantine, and Roller Champions could make an appearance. Uh, Ubisoft did say that a few other surprises will be unveiled. Uh, you'll be able to watch it on Ubisoft's official Twitch and YouTube channels. Uh, the broadcast, according to the website, is incredibly accessible this year. Um, there will be subtitles in multiple languages and also be shown in American Sign Language on the official Ubisoft Forward website. Uh, one thing they did note is that Ubisoft confirmed that you will get a free copy of Watch Dogs 2 during the event. All you have to do is log in with your Uplay account after the Trek Mania playthrough begins and before the show ends to claim the copy of Watch Dogs 2 on PC. Which I find highly ironic because yeah. Watch Dogs 2, the base game, is currently on a deep Steam sale for $10. Hmm. Yeah. Now that sale obviously ends before this event begins, but if you haven't had a chance to get it, uh, now's your chance. Yeah, Watch Dogs 2 is a really great game. Um, I feel like it was so much better than the first game, but... Uh... I'll just say this: I can't be bothered to predict if Splinter Cell is going to be there. One, I don't. I, I mean, I was going to say I don't think it's going to be there, but then I've just contradicted myself. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny I mentioned Splinter Cell there because uh, in Call of Duty, the different you can get different like characters that you play as. Obviously, your teammates see them, and you don't because it's a first-person game. And uh, this guy I play with called Jeffrey, he unlocked a new. I think it's called Operator. They're called. Um, I don't change mine very much, but he, he unlocked a new operator, and I was like, oh, you look like that guy from Splinter Cell. And uh, I don't know what this guy knows about games necessarily, but he said to me, oh, what's that? And I said, oh, that game that like Ubisoft has, is is not doing anymore kind of thing, like in a, in a joking sort of way. Um, and then he, he was like, oh, I, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. And then I said, like, um, it's the, the Sam Fisher Ubisoft game. And then he sort of like he 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 still kind of just like wasn't sure about it or whatever. Uh, maybe he hasn't heard of it, and that's that's totally fine. But uh, I was like, yeah, they haven't made one since like 2013. It's it's been a long time. And then uh, I, I was we we had a full squad, so it was five other people. And I and I was like, just out of curiosity, does anybody has anybody else heard of Splinter Cell? And none of them had. Uh, I, again, I don't know like what what they know about games and stuff, but I just thought that was really interesting considering there hasn't been a game for seven years. And then these these five people I talked to, which they do play Call of Duty regularly and not 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 necessarily Splinter Cell games, but uh, yeah, none of them had really like heard of it before. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see if if something happens ever with it. Uh, one game that I do want to see that we, that we do know is in development. That I'm looking forward to is uh, Watch Dogs Legion, and uh, that's probably my most anticipated Ubisoft game. Uh, by by far, I, th- I think. Um, so hopefully we see yeah. something from that. It wasn't officially listed on the announcement, but I got to figure it's going to be there on some level. Mm-hmm. I did look That's... it up. Uh, the last game was uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist Aftermath, which came in 2013. So Yeah, because yeah. it was Splinter Cell, uh, Blacklist and Conviction were pretty close to each other. And then they, mm-hmm. just, uh, they just stopped. Um, but now he's on a mobile game, which I've forgotten the name of. So... I don't know if that mobile game is out, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of biggest Ubisoft's biggest games, I mean, the Rainbow Six um, 
franchise is pretty big. Gods and, Mo- Gods and Monsters, sorry, is uh, anticipated from a lot of people. I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, you've got, like I said, Watch Dogs Legion, which I think is one of their biggest games. Um, you've got the Far Cry series. I think Far Cry 6 has been rumoured for a little while. You'll probably get a Far Cry 6. I don't know when that's going to be, but uh, that's going to be the next one. Obviously, you've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Which is, I'd say that's probably is the biggest, uh, next biggest game. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, they, they've got a few a few things in the chamber. Or a few things uh, you know that, that people are anticipating and stuff. So we'll see what they show. But um, I guess we'll find out on Sunday. What, what, do you, what are you expecting going into this? Uh, well, like I said, uh, um, Watch Dogs Legion and Valhalla weren't on the docket. Um, Valhalla, uh, Valhalla, I don't see us getting a lot of, maybe like a, a gameplay trailer, uh, not like the teaser trailer we got earlier, but maybe like actual in-game player. Um, obviously that game's probably at least a year off. Uh, Legion was supposed to have been out by now, but obviously everything's been delayed a zillion times. So we might get like a, a new trailer and then a release date for Legions. Everything else is, you know, everything that's known. They did say surprises, but I really doubt they're going to do something super mind blowing. Oh my God. Or unless, you know, they got like a new IP they want to announce, but even then, I don't see that happening. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that it's Sunday. It's like four days away. So, yeah, five days away. So we'll soon, we'll be able to see what it is and then be able to have a deep dive on it on the next podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep, we shall see. Uh, and yeah, whatever they talk about on Sunday, we will probably talk about next week. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, the second live event that's coming up is actually on the 23rd of July, which unfortunately is a Thursday, uh, just because it makes it harder for me to watch, uh, because it is a 9 p.m. Pacific time, and then noon my time, which is going to make it five your time, the Microsoft Series X Game Showcase. Uh, They're holding this event, obviously, like I said, on Thursday for upcoming Series X consoles and uh, other reveals. Um, This is going to be, obviously, we talked about the summer of Microsoft, how they're doing a big event every month. Um, They're going to talk about uh, some uh, games, most notably is probably going to be the first real look at uh, Halo Infinite, uh, because they did say there's going to be some heavy Halo stuff. Everwild's probably going to come out. Uh, Sasuna's Saga Hellblade 2 we're probably going to see. Um, the initiative, which is a studio studio has teased a new game from the writer of uh, red dead redemption, not the, not the franchise, not the programmers, but just the writer. So something story based. Um, some of the other rumors is that we're going to see a new Forza racing game, which would be about on track. Uh, um, horizon four was out like a year, year and a half ago. So it's about time for, uh, Forza eight. Um, the, we talked about last week how there's rumors of a new Fable and a new Perfect Dark, and they had to come out and say, no, there's not. Um, but yeah, it's uh, going to be on the, all the big ones. It's going to be on the Xbox YouTube channel, Twitch, Facebook Gaming, because Mixer's DOA, uh, and alongside the Xbox website. So if you're on your Xbox console, you'll just be able to stream it directly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'm still, still surprised about what they did to Mixer. But uh, obviously we discussed that. Was that last week? 
Yeah, it was last yeah, week. Last week. Still still just surprises me. Still a bit weird, but anyway. Um yeah, so this got announced and then I started thinking about like, um, okay, what do I wanna see? What do I expect? And then of course the first thing that jumped out when the first thing that jumps out I think when you hear Xbox is Halo. Or Halo Gears Forza, but I think Halo is probably the most popular of those games. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about okay, Halo Infinite and we've seen some bits and pieces, we've not seen too much from it. We've seen I think a teaser trailer and maybe some other bits and pieces. And I just came to this kind of realisation of like, okay, Halo 1, 2, and 3 were really good. Halo 4, I think, is uh, it's either Halo 3 or Halo 4. I can't remember which one, but uh, one of those is my favourite. Halo 5, I think, was... Uh, the, the more I think about Halo 5, which isn't very often, I can I can tell you that, the, the more I dislike it. And then I got to thinking about, okay, it's technically Halo 6, but it's called Infinite, whatever. Um, I just don't know that I really care about the, the Halo franchise that much, necessarily. Now, now that I, I know I've just said that, they could show something at this event, maybe it looks really good, maybe they've like sorted something out really cool with the story, and maybe it pulls me pulls me back in. I'm I'm more than, you know, willing to put my hands up and say, Okay, that's a possibility, that might happen and if that happens, great, I've got a new game on the way that, that I'm gonna enjoy. But uh that that was sort of one of my one of my feelings towards that. Um then I thought about like, okay, my most anticipated Xbox game that we know is announced is uh, Hellblade two. Obviously, I'm really looking forward to probably an eventual Gears of War 6, but that's not even been announced yet, so I don't expect to see that here. But for the games that have been announced at the top of my list um, for, for Xbox that will be exclusive, uh, Hellblade 2 is probably right at the top of, of that list. Very interested interested to see what they're going to do with things like the story, if they're going to change the gameplay in any, any way, shape, or form. Because uh, the gameplay was really, really quite good, but it was also quite simple as well. Um, and I don't say that as like a negative thing, because I've just said it's very good as well. But uh, interested to see if they're going to change anything gaming-wise. Of course, that's from Ninja Theory, which have done nothing but good things for the last however many years since since Hellblade has been out and they've done some great stuff with like mental health charities and uh some other things as well uh grounded I'd like to see like a gameplay demo from that because we've 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 heard about it and seen some bits and pieces but I'd, I'd like a fresh new gameplay demo on uh on grounded um other than that those are the two games that I'm like interested to interested in and uh, I'm looking forward to if they show any like state of the K DLC I, I've just kind of completely fallen off of that game I haven't played it for a long time um, I'd welcome like a State of Decay 2, maybe they could do something fresh and new with it, but uh, you know, I played the There story. is a State of Decay 2. Sorry, if they announced a uh, State of Decay th- uh, 3, sorry, then I'd maybe, you know, um, pick up some more kind of interest and stuff, but um, yeah, but for, for State of Decay 2, I played the story, I thought it was, it was alright, I didn't think it was maybe, I thought it was worse than the first game in some ways, but better than the first game in, in other ways, but you know, apart from that, if they announce anything for State of Decay 2, I'm not uh, going to be as interested. Um, so those are my kind of thoughts and expectations. How about you? Yeah, well, for Grounded, uh, remember there is a demo coming out, and it's actually officially out uh, tomorrow. We're recording on the 8th. Oh, that's very helpful. Uh, the demo yeah. is out on the 9th, and it'll be available till the 14th. Cool. Uh, you mentioned that I actually did find it up. Uh, according to the Early Access page, uh, it's roughly 20% of the full storyline, three major biomes, crafting, base building, single-player co-op, uh, first two tiers of weapon and armor upgrades, uh, first hint in the insects you interact with in something you call arachnophobia mode, hmm. uh, which will make Bex very, very happy because she just loves spiders so absolutely much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I doubt 20% of the story just because... That's a lot of the story for a demo. Um, that because that, that implies yeah. the, implies either the demo 
lets you do 20% of the game or the story is just that short. Um, I am definitely going to be playing the demo tomorrow when I get home um, just because I am, like you, very, very curious about that game. Yeah. Um, I is think it, the biggest problem with the... Go ahead. As long as it doesn't take a day and a half to install my like, Call of Duty, it does. Yeah, yeah. well, I doubt that. Yeah, um, I doubt that, but yeah. yeah. Going on to Halo Infinite, I think it's just hard to have a ha- game in the Halo universe uh, when you're not playing Master Chief. It was a little different with ODST because you were a non-Spartan soldier squad, and so that helped it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they made more Spartans and gave them all personalities and kind of took away from that uh, Master Chief persona, uh, that's what eventually did hurt them a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest first person shooter fan. I've said this on multiple occasions. I openly admit that I suck at the games. I still try to play them, but I'm not very good at them. And I will always, always comp to being not good at a game when I'm not good at a game. Um, past that, I would like to see some story elements, um, multiplayer. I don't really care about a lot of people do. Um, and more power to you. That's uh, you know that's not my my shtick, uh, but I would love to see where they want to go with the story because if nothing else, that might prompt me to re-download five and play through it on just like on the lowest difficulty just to, for the story mode, right, right. and kind of catch up on that to see if they're going to go back to that or if they're going to continue with the people that they had before. Mm-hmm. Just for a reference, by the way, I didn't finish Halo Five. I I. Dis- I was about to say disenjoyed. That's not a word, is it? I I disliked it so much that I just I was I, I was doing this one particular gameplay sequence. I was like, I just don't care about this story. Um, Got disenchanted. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I said, I you know openly, if uh, they do something that interests interests me with with Halo Infinite, I'll jump back in. If not, then I suppose I won't. So uh, it's up to uh, the developers for that. So, uh, but what else do you want to talk about today? Well, the third event that we have is the uh, relaunching of Gamescom for 2020. Uh, Today, the Gamescom organizers revealed the details of that replacement event, uh, which is going to be featured uh, between August 27th and August 30th. So we got a month and a half away. Uh, The English English language event produced by IGN will kick off with opening live on August 27th. August 28th and 29th will feature daily shows hosted by Michael Swan covering the events of the day as well as esports, cosplay, and other topics. Uh, While Awesome Indies on the 29th puts a spotlight on some of the more original and exciting games coming out of the indie development. Uh, The whole thing will wrap up on August 30th, which is the best of show event. And this does take place, I'm trying to find it now, yes, over the weekend. So 27th is a Thursday, the 30th being a Sunday. Now, um, this is being promoted as a digital event, but I'm not quite sure how you have uh, cosplay and uh, on a digital event unless you call up all the cosplayers and just have them webcam, which I suppose could work yeah, on some that. level. For Ozen stuff, I guess, maybe. Yeah, like but it, it kind of takes away the, the majestic of having them all in together when it's just zoomed in. Right. When I yeah. say zoomed, I mean yeah. obviously the Zoom video streaming platform, but they could do it, you know, have the, the people on their Twitch channels do that. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously this is the world that we live in now, so 
that's the event. And the fact that they're stretching this out over three, to, uh, four days, I guess, technically, is kind of odd. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Hopefully uh, it means a lot of announcements and things like that. So, is there anything? Because I'm just thinking now. We, obviously, we we just talked about these three different uh, live gaming events, so to speak. Uh, so we know some of the games that are coming out this holiday. We know obviously the PS5 and the Series X is supposed to be out this holiday. Uh, whether that will definitely happen, we we don't we can't say 100% for sure. Uh, we know we got things like Crash Bandicoot, which is out in October. Cyberpunk is September. Tony Hawk Remaster, I think, is in August or September. There's uh, there's another game for September as well that I'm forgetting about. But there's uh, that. So you obviously probably got FIFA 21 and all those games for for uh, September and stuff. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is probably going to be a holiday game. Um, some people point this out to me as well with uh, the 2020 Call of Duty that they haven't announced anything for it yet. And it's July and, that, and that's really, really weird. So maybe, maybe we'll see something from... Uh, Activision on that eventually, because that's obviously going to be a big um, holiday game and a big game for the the PS5 and Series X. But because there was those rumors about the Cold War game that I, I remember talking about maybe a month ago, but they've not said anything about the game. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But I'm I'm just kind of thinking about like okay, from all these different announcements, and obviously with GamesCon is a little bit more third party as well. Uh, what other games we haven't kind of heard about that are going to be out this holiday season? Yeah, especially with everything getting delayed or pushed, I, everything either has like a confirmed date ish, or is already going to be out by the time this thing launches. Because you think about it, Ghost of Tsushima will be out by then. Um, Iron Man VR is out now. Um, Last of Us Two just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a date on Valhalla. We don't have a date on Legion, although. It could, depending on the uh, Ubisoft stream, it could be out by the time. That's a month and a half. They could have the announcement, uh, oh, by the way, you can buy it now. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Or if yeah. you've got it pre-ordered, expect it to get shipped now. Mm. Uh, I doubt that'll happen, but that would be super awesome if it did. Um, but I just can't think of a game outside of Cyberpunk 2077 that could have any kind of an impact on that uh that uh, platform right now. I was just about to say, what do you think is the big holiday game? Probably Cyberpunk? Probably Cyberpunk, just because it's coming out so late now. Uh, you got to figure that's going to dominate. Um, and I don't know of any release schedule that has any real firm confirmation coming out by then. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look real quick, see if there's anything else. Uh, we got Spider-Man, which is going to, I assume, be a launch PS, uh, PS4, launch PS5 game, the Miles Morales Thing. Yeah. Um. I would guess e- e- either one of them or both, but Halo Infinite and Hellblade Two. I'm imagining. I know they're not exclusives, but obviously they're going to launch. They're going to be on the Series X. Um, yeah. The so only one that one really of them will probably be a launch game. At least. Yeah. Obviously, things can change. Um, October Crash Bandicoot comes out. We did get a definitive t- date that Star Wars Squadron comes oh, yeah, out in October. That one. I'm definitely have to get more on my radar because I don't know uh, um, if that's going to be like good or bad or whatnot. Uh, I mean, for the Switch, Apex Legends is coming out, but that's not really a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's time for Nintendo to talk about stuff. Like uh, Chivalry Two, maybe might be able to pop something up. 
Uh, no, I'm I'm going through the list right now, so I apologize for all the dead air, which is uh, weird. Um, oh, that's to be announced uh, November. Yeah, the only thing right now listed in November is Chris Tales. I want to say Crisis Tales, but it just says C R I S Tales, and then Cyberpunk, and then uh, apparently there's a Transformers Battleground game coming out in uh, October 23rd. Uh, FIFA obviously comes out. Dirt 5 obviously comes out. But yeah, the, the TBA list is massive, but I'm going through them. And I just don't see any of them really coming out this year. Yeah. Um, maybe Yakuza Like a Dragon if they forced it through. Um, maybe the Waylanders. Um, and that's even that's barely remotely on my uh, radar. Uh, Surgeon Simulator 2 possible that it could come out so yeah yeah uh cool what else did you want to talk about today oh the last one kind of ends on a bit of a levity and also just shows how much time we have on our hand uh a man is suing twitch over its suggestive sexually suggestive streamers uh this is an extract from the 56 page court document filed uh, the plaintiff, and it does list his name here in the article, but this is a, an attention-seeking moron, so I'm not going to say his name. You can look it up if you're actually curious. The plaintiff suffers from sex addi- addiction due to his obsessive-compulsive disorder that makes him obsessed with sex and compulsion, kind of in the name. Uh, Twitch has extremely exacerbated his condition by displaying many sexually suggestive women on stream through its Twitch's, and this is the court's documents here, Twisted Programming and netcode that makes it nearly impossible for the plaintiff to use Twitch without being to being exposed to such sexually suggestive content. Uh, there is no way for the plaintiff to filter streams he'd like to watch based off of gender. Therefore, the plaintiff has to choose a game and or a category with thumbnails showing these scantily clad women alongside men. He cannot filter out the women on the site. No viewer can. Twitch does not have a gender filter or preference for a viewer to choose to watch only men or women. Uh, in addition, Twitch also takes advantage of the plaintiff and many other sexually ag- addicted viewers by allowing them to subscribe, donate, or pay bits to these women who are only streaming with the sole purpose of taking advantage of such disadvantaged individuals who just want to watch a video game stream through Twitch, but then are enticed to spend money on these women for attention and sexual innuendo the streamer may do when donated, i.e. blow a kiss into the camera, make sexual ASMR noises at all. Uh, the, The stream does list some of the streamers by name, and it's the usual batch that you would expect. Um, Alenity, Invader V, Pokimane, uh, um, uh, STPH at all. This is going to last all of five minutes in courts because here in the States, you do have the legal right to bring a case forward, but that doesn't mean it's going to see the light of day. According to the article, he has also the plaintiff has also made lawsuits against Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, and Blizzard. So this is just kind of a I got nothing else to do, so I'm going to Sue waste everyone. the courts. Yeah, and it's not an insignificant amount too. The guy's suing for twenty five million dollars. Jesus, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a lot of money. Um, but and. 
So go ahead. First off, first off, there's no reason you have to spend money on Twitch. Um, no. The interviews that I've been doing for the Swimming Upstream after the interview is done, I do a thank you and buy five gifted subs for that channel. This is something I'm doing out of my own money. Uh, Entertainment Talk, Normat have reimbursed me, nor do I want reimbursement for it. This is just me thanking them for their time. Um, I've donated bits on uh, Bex's stream, but that's just because I consider her a friend and I always try to help my friends out. Uh, she had a time where things were constantly breaking, so I chipped in a little bit to help her on that. That is not any indication or indicative of anything that's going on here. This is just me helping out a friend. Sure. Uh, end of story. And I know you've done that a little bit too, um, but to say that it's um, like enticing him, you know, that's just somebody that's saying, I don't have I take no responsibility for my actions, and so now I'm suing this person. Yeah, I gave a uh, super chat to, I don't know if you've heard of her, but Roxy Stryer. She used to work at Collider. Mm -hmm. uh, she does stuff on her own YouTube, YouTube channel. I think she works for SEN sometimes, which is the Schmodown Entertainment Network with like, Christian Harloff and that. Uh, she was very supportive of something I was talking to her about, and um, yeah, I gave her some like super chats and some, you know, not like loads of money, but just you know, a few a few bits and pieces. Uh, same same type of thing as what you can give on Twitch. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just my way of, of kind of saying thank you, and because obviously with with someone like her and you know people like Bex, their chats are very very busy, and they have loads of things to talk about, and uh, just the fact that like you know she took the time out to. Uh, Help and, help and support me in that sort of way. So uh, yeah, that was just one thing I, I kind of did. It's, it's more of a way of just yeah, same thank you in uh, in just a, a little gesture sort of way. Um, yeah, but I mean this is the equivalent of suing your fork for making you fat. Um, <laughs> probably the funny thing is is that if you go deeper into the uh, um, the documents, which you can if you want to, they are online because they're public documents. Um, just the the in. I can't even come up with it because insane has gone out the window because the world has gone insane. So for lack of a better word, super insane. Um, the, the suit claims that the images triggered him into buying uh, over buying and overusing uh, self joy devices. Let's, I'm trying to keep it PG leading to damages and infections of his grown up bits and the frequency of images led him to develop bloodshot and red eyes because he's unable to not look at the monitor. And there's more stuff in there that's like, I couldn't even begin to describe it and trying to keep it like PG rating. So I'm not going to even bother. Mm -hmm. um, this is, if you just Google Guy Sue's Twitch over streamers, you'll find the article soon enough. If you want to have a really, really good laugh, you can just pull up some of this stuff that he's claiming has happened to him. And I'm not trying to make fun of him. It's just the absurdity level goes beyond 11. Yeah. So, but uh, that is the situation. So, um, was that the last thing you had to talk about today? Yeah. I, I can't stand the internet anymore after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, something that happens in 2020. So, uh, let's get to some emails. We, of course, do have those. If you have any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or any of those sorts of things on not just video games, but anything related to Entertainment Talk. Sorry, Entertainment Talk. I uh, can't say the name of my own website, probably. Uh, if you have any of those sorts of thoughts, feelings, questions, comments about video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter e Talk UK. there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Jeff says, so with The Last of Us 2 all said and done, 
uh, how do you both feel about it a few weeks after release? Weird to think it's already been like a couple of weeks. Already been like two weeks, which is strange. Um, I enjoyed Matt's review. Well, thank you very much. I put a lot of thought and effort into it. Uh, a lot. Uh, what do you both want from the future of the IP as well? Um, so yeah, it's been just under two weeks, I think, roughly. Somewhere, some, somewhere along the, along those lines, uh, since about June 19th. Um, yeah, the, the, I've been thinking about this game almost every day. Not like constantly, but just, just when the situation arises or or if I see conversation online or like the uh, Colin and Chris uh, run Sacred Symbols. They did like a two-hour spoiler cast. Obviously, that gave me a lot to think about as well. Um, it's, I mean, one thing I said on Twitter and in my re- review, it's certainly a thought-provoking game. Uh, whether those are negative thoughts that you have about the game or positive thoughts, it's certainly one that's uh, thought-provoking in uh, many different ways, shapes, and forms. Um, but yes, yeah, one that I think about a lot. It's one that I think if I was to spoiler-free describe The Last of Us, it's not a game that's going to make you like, like, like when I, when I think about Last of Us Two, my experience with the game and the things that I enjoyed. It's not a game that makes me happy. But it's a game because I don't think you can play that game, finish it, and be like, "Oh, I'm really happy about like <laughs> like the the situation." Because it's you know this dire post-apocalyptic world. It's more of a sort of survival, entertaining kind of follow of the of the characters in that in that sort of way. Um, there's gonna there was different gameplay stuff and little bits and pieces of com- of comedic moments. Where I was like, "Okay, I'm really happy that this is like." as good as it is and different gameplay moments that I enjoyed where of course those are a bit different to the you know feelings that I get in the cutscenes and stuff but yeah the, the more and more I think about this game the happier I am with not the the, the story where, or like the, the you know sad stuff that happens in the game but uh, the more and more happy I am with with how good the experience was I think um but uh, yeah, as, as someone who's not played the game yourself, obviously you've seen the story and things like that through uh, YouTube videos how do you feel about it after a couple of weeks? Uh, well, I'm kind of of the same opinion. I mean, I don't have the same invested interest in the game as you do because I don't play it. Um, I did play and beat the first one, uh, but I didn't really put a whole lot of time into like the collectibles or the backstory or anything like that. I was more going along with the story. Uh, but from what I've seen and what I've read online, I think the easiest equivalent was when we were doing one of our What Are You Watching casts, and I brought up... Uh, Ozark in that it's not a game that you want to it's Ozark's not a movie you want to watch when everything's happy dory it's something you want to watch when you not want to knock off a bottle of Jack Daniels and just watch the world burn yeah so I, the that's the impression that I've been getting for that so yeah yeah but uh, I'm still thinking about the game still looking at lots of conversation um and uh I'm enjoying that experience so I'm really happy with that. Uh, in terms of the future of the IP, uh, we do have a TV series, of course, in development from HBO, which is going to involve Neil Druckmann and I can't remember his name, but the guy from uh, Chernobyl. I think it's Gary something. Can't remember his name uh, off the top of my head, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Seeing who's going to get cast in the two big roles, Ellie and Joel. Um, I think um, I think her name's Catelyn Denver. She's the one of the main actresses from Unbelievable. She's been kind of fan casted, if you will. Um, I think I think she'd be brilliant. She was phenomenal in that show, as well as most of the actors were in in Unbelievable on, on Netflix. Um, so I think she would be really good. I think Joel's going to be a tough one. A lot of people said, you know, Hugh Jackman and and people like that, but uh, I'm not quite not quite sure on who I would get to play Joel. There's there's quite a few different good options. Uh, I think um, for those that don't know the actor's name, uh, Jamie 
Lannister from uh, Game of Thrones, I think it's Nic- Nicolaj something. Uh, he might be good as Joel maybe as well. Uh, it depends also what exactly this is going to be, like what time of the uh, what time part of the sort of stories are going to be set and and that kind of thing. Um, so in terms of the game as well, I don't know if it would be for Last of Us Part Three, but I definitely do want more from it. Uh, I think that there's certain I say parts of the story you could uh, you could tell as well uh, whether it's certain prequel bits and pieces you know flashbacks and fill in some 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 of the stuff from that uh, or you know simply a sequel uh, you couldn't really do a prequel to like the first game unless it's going to be about Tommy and Joel because uh, yeah Ellie was obviously not really involved with with that sort of stuff and that but uh, maybe you could do that kind of stuff um, but uh, also yeah if you did a prequel to the first game that would be pre-outbreak so um, I don't know how that would work necessarily but uh there's there's a few things you could maybe do um naughty dog at the moment has said that they've got no plans for dlc but um you know you never know what they're gonna what they're gonna decide maybe next week Dr- neil Druckmann comes up with an idea or he's got an idea for a sequel uh, i'm not really sure but i definitely do want another piece of this story uh for video games so yeah i just looked the actor's name up i'm guessing it's nicolaj because it's n-i-k-o-l-a-j yeah yeah so i mean uh, Coster Waldo. That's so. the guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones, uh, which is probably where he's most known from. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was Jeff's question. Daniela's question. She says, We all talk about the next big video games, such as Last of Us 2 and Cyberpunk, but which game do you think will bomb next? Um, I have an instant answer, because of course I read this uh, a few hours ago, so I'm going to give that answer. I don't think that Avengers game is going to do very well. Um, it's 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 just so it's it's weird, isn't it? Because you think of okay, you got you got three different developers. You have got the people that are behind Iron Man VR that did that game. You've got the um, Insomniac that did Spider Man, and then you've got one of the, one of the developers from Square Enix. I've forgotten their name. Uh, they're doing the Avengers game, and you kind of think like Marvel, one of the biggest IPs in the world at the moment. Avengers Endgame, the the highest grossing film, that's all involved with Marvel. Of course, that doesn't mean that Marvel video games are going to be any good just because the films have been really really successful. But you kind of think like, okay, the the 2018 Marvel Spider Man arguably a really great success, uh, really well received from people. Some people didn't enjoy it obviously, but the majority of people did. Got really good reviews. Um, I really liked it as well. I think Robert really enjoyed it. David really did. And you think like, okay, that that's a Marvel video game with success. It's going to have probably a Spider-Man 2. And then obviously going to have the Miles Morales stuff. Uh, Iron Man VR has kind of come and gone. And no one's even kind of noticed. Um, this Avengers game isn't getting great sort of press at the moment. The gameplay kind of looks a bit bland and that sort of thing. I just think in terms of the big noticeable upcoming games. Which, you know, again, a Marvel video game. Um, I don't know if necessarily it will bomb critically or sales wise or both. Um, but I think that's the next big game that's not going to do very well. Uh, what do you think? I could definitely see that. Um, not from anything or fault-wise of the game itself, but just because we're so used to uh, the Marvel characters looking like they do in the movies that it's going to be hard for people to accept a new game based off of that. Uh, and that's nothing to knock against the game itself. It's just when you're used to look, used to something looking so much the same for so long it's kind of hard to accept it's kind of like when sports teams change their logo it's like this is the new logo well what was wrong with the old logo but this is the new logo but (laughs) what was wrong with the old logo this is a new logo and so on and so on and so on and so on um 
uh, th- that's one of those games. I'm just gonna wait till the game comes out and see how the gameplay is, because I think I'm and I think I'm a little less invested in that. I mean, I loved the first three phases of the Marvel Universe. Um, there was a couple of stinkers, but for the most part, they were all really good. But you know, I had a Spider-Man animated series that didn't look like any of the three Spider-Mans. I had an X-Men animated series that didn't look like any of the X-Men. Uh, there's been, I've seen, I wasn't really that invested in it, but I did see an Iron Man cartoon from back in the early 80s that didn't look like that. I vaguely just remember seeing the reruns of the Incredible Hulk in the, the Lou Ferrigno days, who did have Thor, that did have Iron Man on it. Um, and you can find that. So it's a little easier for me to disconnect um, somebody that's your age to where, you know, those Marvel movies have been coming out since you were, what, like 10? 11 something like that um however old you were 2008 so so yes i left left school in 2010 and i was 16 okay so so yeah for like 14 ish so it's yeah it's a little easier for me because i have other points of reference whereas you don't but again you know if the gameplay is really good and really fun that'll help kind of overcome that so yeah so we'll see but uh yeah, I, I just don't see it doing very well. I, w- I want it to succeed. I want it to be, you know, a really, really great game. And it, it's got some good ideas, but I just don't know how well it's going to execute, execute them. So, uh, we shall see. Um, yeah, that's everything for the podcast, actually. That's the last email that we got. That's all the news. Uh, we are running uh, 90 minutes long, which I didn't quite expect, but is is not too much of a problem. Uh, we are, by the way, going to be recording a combined Would You Rather and Q&A podcast after this, so have a look out for that as well. Uh, like we have said as of, uh, as well, uh, go and join the Discord server. If you'd like a link to that, I can send you one, so you can contact us. Uh, Twitter, eTalkUK, Matthew uh, at entertainmenttalk.org. Um, contact page and information in your show notes. We're on Facebook, of course, Entertainment Talk. There's the Entertainment Talk group and the Facebook page, so you can get in contact with all those things. Uh, if you want to inquire about anything um, so there's that uh, remember to look out for the special 50th Let's Play Sunday episode on Sunday that's going to be pretty fun uh, I might record one or two other videos for that I haven't fully made up my mind but I'm going to uh, have the uh, videos scheduled by the end of t- of tomorrow which will be Thursday so look out for that on Sunday episode 50 it's really weird that I've recorded 50 of those it's just strange but uh, that will be that for next week um and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. But thank you all very much for listening. You can find everything we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk, remember you can get the instant podcast as well. That's going to be tweeted out and put on Patreon uh, as soon as we're done uh, and all that sort of thing. So have a look out for that. So if you want to follow us on Patreon to find out when those podcasts get posted, because you don't have to be a patron to see them get uploaded. You just have to be a patron to get access to them so you can follow us on patreon patreon sorry uh, entertainment talk check out the one dollar and three dollar level tiers for instant podcast options ad free podcast options and review options amazon affiliate link if you're shopping on amazon we can get a small cut but it won't cost you extra itunes feeds please rate review and subscribe to those uh, in terms of other people as well you can subscribe to geek town on itunes for your tv and film news that's run by david of course geektown.co.uk uh, tuesdays for geek town radio your up-to-date tv and film news uh, Lots of renewals, cancellations, pickups, TV news, highlights for next week on TV, that sort of stuff. Uh, Bex, like um, Robert mentioned earlier, does stream on Twitch as well. You can go and support her. That would be great as well. Uh, Whether that's just watching her on Twitch, following her, or 
doing whatever uh trista bites b-y-t-e-s so trista and then b-y-t-e-s on twitch you can have a look out for her um me and david sometimes also stream on twitch as well so look out for those and uh by the way speaking of my twitch channel there's a girl that i play call of duty with which is part of the squad uh she streams on twitch um and what i've been able to do from my phone is uh you can like host someone else's twitch stream on your channel so i've been able to do that on mine so if you go on my uh twitch channel as well uh you'll be able to find her stream uh it's miss legend but it's a complicated sort of name and that but uh you can uh find that as well so look out for that and like i said let's play sundays episode 50 on sunday thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye goodbye